Shalom Aleichem and welcome. I'm Shoshana, a.k.a. Zippor Esh, which simply means firebird in Hebrew. Studying and living God's Torah is the fire of my life. Studying God's Torah without application to our lives is meaningless. Proverbs tells us that the Torah is life to our very bones. The objective of God's Word is to change us into the image of the Moshiach, the Messiah, who is the living representation of the Torah, so that we can be effective witnesses of God and for His glorious kingdom. Understanding what God expects from the correct perspective will make so much sense, and following God's Word will meet with success. By searching out the historical and cultural settings, we can gain the true meaning because cultures change, mores change, influences change through the centuries, but God's instructions and expectations of His children never change. Now, before we go any further into the podcast, let's begin with the blessing we speak before opening and studying God's Word. Baruch atah Elonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher bachar banu michol ha'amim, Natan lanu to et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, notein ha-torah, Amen. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has selected us from all the nations and gave us His Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. And the blessing for studying the writings in the Brit Hadashah. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, who is good, who does good, and who proclaims the good news of redemption through Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, Redeemer of Israel. This podcast I've titled, Law of Gravity. Our scripture focus is James three thirteen through 18 and in support, Psalms 3, 5, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, Proverbs 3, 6 through 11, and Proverbs 9, 10. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him demonstrate it by his good way of life, by actions done in humility that grows out of wisdom. But if you harbor in your hearts bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, don't boast and attack the truth of lies. This wisdom is not the kind that comes down from above. On the contrary, it is worldly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there are jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disharmony and every foul practice. The wisdom from above is, first of all, pure, then peaceful, kind, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And peacemakers who sow seed in peace raise a harvest of righteousness, which is the loving good deeds. Those verses, in a nutshell, reveal the difference between the mindset of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the light of Torah. What is Yeshua's brother telling us? As Yeshua's family was part of the sect of the Pharisees, we can look back into the Hebrew texts of Psalms and Proverbs to gain some insight into what Yaakov was drawing from. As we were created in the image of God, we have an ability to understand, analyze, and come to conclusions 
but King David cautions us about leaning on our own ability to understand, as we can read in Psalms 3, 5. We can make conclusions based on the level of knowledge we have, but if that knowledge is incomplete, we must be careful in drawing conclusions. Thankfully, we have many books to learn from, and we will be looking into some of these books to help us gain wisdom from Yaakov's admonitions in our focus passage. Let's look at some of King Solomon's Proverbs. In chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, it says, Mishle Shlomo ben David melech Israel, la da'at chokma umusar lechavi'im imre bina. Oops, I didn't warn you I was going to read it in the Hebrew. Nice surprise, huh? Anyway, carrying on. La kachat musar chaskeo tzedek umishpat umesharim. Le teit lifayim, liftayim, ar ema le naar da'at umzima. Yishma chacham ve yosef lechach ve navon tachbulot yikne. Lehavin mashal ume litza divrecha chamim. Vehi dotam, Yireat Adonai, Reshi daat Chachma Umars Musar, Evilim Bazu. The English translation The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To acquire wisdom, which is daat, and discipline, which is Musar, to understand, which is Bina, the words of insight, which is Hochma. To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, which is tzedek, justice, which is mishpat, and fairness. To give discernment to the naive knowledge, which is da'at, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise listen and increase learning, and the discerning obtain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a puzzle, the sayings of the wise and their riddles. The fear, which is Yireat of Adonai, is the beginning of knowledge, which is Da'at, but fools despise wisdom, which is Chokhmah, and discipline, which is Musar. When we compare what Solomon says in his opening stanza with Yaakov, also known as James, we see that wisdom, discipline, understanding, and knowledge will produce the fruit of righteousness. <clears throat> Those that despise wisdom, discipline, understanding, and knowledge end up looking like fools. So taking the first verse of the focus passage, who among you is wise? That word is da'at. And understanding, bina. <coughs> Sorry. What does it take to become a wise person? What are the signs that a person is wise? The very first point that Solomon makes is that a wise person has a fear of God. But understanding that God is to be feared is only the beginning of wisdom. The second statement Yaakov makes is, let him demonstrate it by his good way of life by actions done in the humility that grows out of wisdom. We can equate wisdom, discipline, understanding, and knowledge with good works, actions produced through humility because of our fear of God. 
We know that our every action and thought are noted in heaven and written in our book of life. Wisdom then teaches us to be careful to walk a disciplined life that reflects the nature of God. But, as we carry on with the passage, if you harbor in your hearts bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, don't boast and attack the truth with lies. When we take into account what Yeshua's followers were teaching, we can surmise that some of the religious teachers might be saying and how they were acting. Even Pilate recognized the jealousy behind the demand for killing Yeshua, and they got very aggressive when it looked like Pilate wouldn't meet their demands. We can still see this today among the various groups within Judaism. That bitter jealousy turned into baseless hatred, which led to the destruction of God's temple in 70 AD. Human nature doesn't change if not brought into subjection to God's loving nature and selfish and selfish motions and attitudes become apparent when a person feels threatened. Following after Torah wisdom produces the fruit of peace and self-control. I may add that jealousies and all of those various things that can be played out in Judaism are played out even in Christianity. It's, it's not exclusive to any one religion. Carrying on. Worldly wisdom comes from the demonic. This wisdom is not the kind that comes from above. On the contrary, it is worldly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there are jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disharmony and every foul practice. Every action born out of selfish ambition is linked back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve chose to accept Satan's temptation to take the shortcut to being like God. When we see someone who lives like this daily, we can see what spirit is ruling them. They need to be set free. The wisdom from above, first of all, is pure, then peaceful, kind, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And peacemakers who sow seed in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What is righteousness? Loving acts of goodness. Every action born out of unselfish service can be traced back to God's provision for the forgiveness of our rebellion and selfish ambition. We can see selfishness played out in human nature very early in the life of a child. It is not learned. It is inherent. If left untrained, that same selfishness will ultimately destroy the person and everyone around them. This is why Musar discipline is so critical for children and for God's children. When we discipline our hearts to follow God's Torah instructions, the demonic world loses its control over our lives. Selfishness leads to every sin on the books. Greed, theft, envy, lying, fighting, sexual immorality, drug abuse, drunkenness, anger, divisiveness, whew, self-worship, and so on. It causes anger, jealousy, gossiping, futile grudges, resentment, and so on. In those who have been abused by selfishness in others. So let me say that again. 
It causes anger, jealousy, gossiping, futile grudges, resentment, and so on in those who have been abused by selfishness in others. That's important to understand that when we live a selfish life, we perpetrate selfishness in the next generation. Rabbi Shaul, also known as Paul, is very direct about this in his letter to the new converts in the Torah obedience in the congregations of Galatia, Ephesus, and Corinth, and mentioned in other letters to other congregations throughout the region. He saw firsthand the damage that selfish ambition caused wherever he went. This is why he made such a distinction between the fruit of the selfish nature and the fruit of the Spirit. So James, Yaakov, Yeshua's brother, asks us, Who among you is wise and understanding? Wisdom knows what is good and best, and understanding shows us how to apply what we know to be right and true. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Famous words to a song, but no one really wants to pay the price for harmony and peace because it means that we have to stop demanding our own way. I have my rights is the battle cry of humanity since the 50s and look at the result of that absolutely selfish declaration. That the laws of the kingdom of God are so totally opposite of this is why our society is imploding. The law of gravity demands that what goes up will come down. The Torah instructions of God's kingdom says that if you disobey kingdom principles, we also fall down, and sometimes it is a very ugly splat. Fighting the consequences of kingdom principles makes as much sense as trying to fight gravity without something to give us buoyancy. No matter how hard we fail, flail our arms and legs, we're still coming down, and it's hard. I mean, how many of us have stories of hitting the bottom of the barrel? The more arrogant we are, the harder the landing. The more we operate in self-worship, the more painful when we hit bottom. The Torah is the law of spiritual gravity. The laws of God are spiritual in nature, and the physical act of obeying them has ramifications in the spiritual realm. Walking in the physical limitations of the Torah opens the door to the unlimited life of the dimension where God dwells. Let me read that again. Walking in the physical limitations of Torah opens the door to the unlimited life of the dimension where God dwells. It is that simple. Of course, Satan, cursed be he, is doing everything he and his hordes can do to blind you and stop you from achieving the true freedom that comes in the spirit when we walk in the physical steps of Torah. Because of this dichotomy, we have to trust in, the, in what the authors of Jewish texts tell us, such as what King Solomon tells us. Proverbs 3, 7-13 through 13 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from the evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man 
that gets understanding. So right here, Solomon tells us that obedience to kingdom principles produces all that we need for righteousness. Learning what those principles are and applying them to our daily lives will bring the promised provision. Living those principles also brings peace and harmony because we are no longer living for our own selfish agenda that is limited to this physical dimension. Oh, but wait! That means giving up our rights. Oh, sure, you can keep your right to be selfish and be miserable, but how much happier, peaceful, and fruitful you will be in the kingdom of God if we all stop living selfishly for ourselves and see how God has the perfect recipe for peace on earth. Galatians 5:22 through 25 gives us the recipe. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Hmm. This brings joy, which brings peace. These nine fruit are attributes of God's nature. When we have peace inside, we are patient, kind, good towards others, faithful in all we do and say, humble because we know how we have been changed and exercise self-control over our actions and emotions. Those who live by the Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, have accepted the need to put the selfish pagan nature under the control of the Ruach so that the true nature of peace can guide every step. Wow. We walk humbly because we know how we have been changed and we exercise self-control. It's interesting that so many people say, well, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, God knew that I couldn't do it. But, the, but that really removes from us the responsibility to actively interact with God and let His Holy Spirit work in us to will and to do according to His good purposes. So we can't accept that as an escape from our own responsibility to take control of how we behave. We can't accomplish this if we are still living according to the earthly nephesh. It is extremely hard to do this if our hearts are not submitted to God's words spoken to Moses. The deep motives of our hearts untamed by God's spirit, the Ruach, always show how selfish we really are at heart. Rabbi Shaul tells us to take every thought captive to the will of God. This is really not a nebulous ideal. The will of God for his children is obedience to his Torah commandments. This is a growing process like the steps of growth we see as a child grows from infancy to adulthood and it takes practice. But knowing what God's expectation is of us at every step of the way, it can spur us on to con conquering the rebellious fleshly nature. We may think we are unselfish, but something always happens to cause our nature to react, whether in anger or even sadness at someone's lack of appreciation or lack of returning the favor. Rabbi Shaul tells us to do good, expecting nothing in return. True selfishness gives without selflessness, Slika. True selflessness gives without expecting personal gratification. 
True selflessness bears the fruit of true giving love that looks out for only the good to others. There is much teaching in the family of God that centers around self-satisfaction, self-actualization, deserving the best that God has for us. That is a fruit of the sinful nature of greed and selfish ambition. A slave has no expectation except to serve and please their master. A slave owns nothing, not even the clothes on his or her body. They can't even redeem themselves because whatever money he acquires belongs to his master. Yeshua redeemed us out of slavery to the evil desires of the flesh. We are his possession now, and nothing we have belongs to us. It is provided by the Father. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, we are given a glimpse into what I believe are the very days of the fulfillment of this warning from Moshiach. At that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of Israel, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has never occurred since the beginning of the nation of Israel until then. But at that time, your people, all who are part of the covenant with Israel, everyone who is found written in the book will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse. And those who turn many to righteous living will be like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, God, which means God is my judge, close up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will run back and forth, and knowledge will increase. We are definitely in those times as we see people rushing back and forth, striving after the pleasures and the powers of this world, and the information knowledge available today is mind-blowing. To be wise in this day is to know and live according to the unchanging words of God's Torah, and to be sure that we are not caught up in the trap of the craziness going on in the world today. The only guarantee Yeshua gave us was, in this life you will have tribulation, but never fear. I have overcome the control and the deceit that reigns in this world. Because they have hated me, they will hate you as you stand up for him. My phrase, as you stand up for Yeshua while doing loving acts of kindness, because darkness has no place in the light, which is the Torah truth, and you are children of the light of Torah, and darkness cannot dwell in those who are obedient to the living Torah of God, the fully devoted followers of Yeshua. We also, he also promised that if we seek to serve kingdom purposes, that he would provide for all our needs. Wanting more than what we need is displacing God's rightful place in our lives as provider. Thus, we are breaking the second commandment. The commandment. True followers have put their will to death and live only to serve and glorify the Father in heaven. How are we measuring up? Will we truly choose to die to our self, selfish will and, and be people that reflect the nature of God? 
Will we live in such a way that those around us see the joy and the peace and seek what we have? The world already knows what selfishness and disharmony look like, and they don't like it. We have the answer. But if we look like the world, they won't see their need for God's forgiveness and restoration and the added grace that he gives for the journey of learning obedience to God's kingdom commands. I wrap this up with Proverbs 9.10, a very well-known verse to Bible scholars. The fear, which is Yiriat of Adonai, is the beginning of wisdom, Chokhmah, and the knowledge, Da'at, of the holy, the Kadosh, is understanding, which is Bina. Very few people today have a real fear of the Lord. They have been taught so many false points about God that he is almost like a sugar daddy. God warns that if we treat him casually, he will treat us casually, like measure for measure, according to our laziness toward him. Without a knowledge of his holiness, we will treat his holy things with casualness. And when we really need his intervention, he will give according to what we have given him. My rabbi, uh, Rabbi Mordecai Griffin, brought this out in one of his drashas a couple of weeks ago, and it just slapped me across the face, knocked me silly when I realized the ramifications of what he said. So I encourage you to think about what I said about treating God casually like he's your like he's your homeboy or something. He's not our homeboy. He is the God of the universe and he has the power to withdraw our breath and we are dead in an instant. If we treat him haphazardly and casually, would we want that from him? No. Sadly, this is the picture of what we see and know today. When we declare that God is good, but he fails to come through, it sullies God's reputation by default. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. We reap what we plant. Therefore, get wisdom, understanding, discipline, and knowledge, and walk in the path of God's Torah. And you will have blessings untold in this world and in the world to come. May Yeshua come quickly. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Dear Lord, you have started working in my life to make me more like you. Please finish the work you have started so that my life will make a difference for your kingdom's sake. Thank you for being patient with me. I want to be more like Yeshua in all I do and say. Let us finish with the blessing. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Natan Lanu Torah Emet Vechaye Olam Nata Betochenu Baruch Adonai Notein HaTorah Amen Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who gave us the Torah of truth and implanted eternal life within us. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. And a new blessing for finishing our good news study. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, our King, Redeemer, Savior, and Shield, who sent Messiah Yeshua, the King of Israel, 
to ransom your beloved ones. Blessed are you, Adonai, who renews his covenant in love. If you truly want to be a victorious disciple of Yeshua, you can start by feasting daily on Yeshua by studying what God's Torah requires of you as his child. This is how you can abide in Yeshua and his words can abide in you. You can start growing in your knowledge and understanding of God's word by watching the live stream feed of Sar Shalom Synagogue every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Sar Shalom Synagogue, the blue ribbon logo on YouTube, has video recordings going back at least five years. I suggest starting with the message from the last Shabbat, the last Saturday of October 2016. These messages start with Genesis, which is the best place to start if you want to see how Yeshua fits within the whole of the Bible narrative. You can also tune into Lapid Judaism Blue Logo with Rabbi Mordechai Griffin on YouTube Live for the daily and Aliyah a day teaching each day, Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time or on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. There are several resources I would like to recommend if you are ready for a deeper personal study. The Art Scroll Chumash, or the Kehot Chumash, which is the five books of Moses, otherwise known as the books of Torah. In these commentary books, you will find stuff that you have never heard before. Truly mind-boggling, truly eye-opening, deep spiritual uh, principles brought forth uh, just truly amazing the information that the ancient sages had uh, with regards to God's Word. Everyday Holiness by Alan Morinus. This is Musar. This is discipline. This is how you can start reflecting the attributes that produce the fruit Yeshua is looking for in his followers' daily lives. The Path of the Just by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzado, also known as Ram Chal. This book will teach you how to live righteously every day. A Convenient Hatred, the History of Anti-Semitism by Phyllis Goldstein. This covers the history of God's chosen covenant people going back to the destruction of the very first temple. If you have Anchor app on your cell phone, you can access the teachings of Shomerman, Supertime, Thomason, Jenea for more clarity, and also Musar uh, with Batya, uh, which delves into a lot of the teachings from the Everyday Holiness by Alan Morinus. I also want to encourage you to purchase a Bible that is Judaism-centered instead of those translated from the Greek focus. Much is lost in translation from the Greek manuscripts. My favorite at the moment is still the Tree of Life. The Dalich Hebrew Gospels published by Vine of David is another great resource for seeing how the Hebrew idioms are explained in their proper perspective. You can also find a list of helpful resources at mysarshalom.com. Shalom and have a blessed week.